Pello asks teachers to see themselves as professional marvelers. What does it mean to truly marvel with children? How can we begin to see the world through children's eyes, opening ourselves to their wonderings, their questions, and their theories? I'm Sandy Lanes, and I invite you to study the Reggio approach along with me through my interviews with brilliant experts from our field. In my many collaborations with educators working to shift our schools and ourselves, I've been amazed by so many courageous adults who are willing to take risks, who understand that in order to grow, they must be comfortable being uncomfortable. I offer you these podcasts as a gift of my respect and love for each of you who is changing and repairing the world through your work with young children. This is for you who are reaching for higher quality, richer interactions and deeper understandings and who desire to be awakened to Reggio. I'm so excited to have Jean Goldhaber with us today. I heard her speak in 2017 and recall thinking that the examples of projects she shared from the classroom were so close and relevant to the daily lives of children, and that by truly listening to the children, the paths of learning became so deep and meaningful. This was such an incredible inspiration for all of us who were working to partner with children in their research and to see ourselves as researchers too. Jean is an emerita faculty member of the Early Childhood Program at the University of Vermont, where she worked closely with the teachers and university students at the Campus Children's School for many years. She is co-author of Opening Doors, an introduction to inclusive early childhood education, as well as Pinching, Poking, and Pretending, Documenting Toddlers' Explorations with Clay. She has published many articles and book chapters that reflect her interest in the role that documentation plays in the promotion of reflective practice. She's a member of Rivet 2.0, which is the Reggio-inspired Vermont Early Education Team, a group of early childhood educators who are currently studying the relationship between children and trees. Jean is on the board of NARIA, the Northern American Reggio Emilia Alliance, and Jean's research interests include documentation as a cycle of inquiry and the role of the teacher as researcher, which she will speak about today. Jean, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Andy. And I was hoping that you could just start, even though I said all these um, important things about you, if you could just start by telling us about how your journey and, and connection with the Reggio Emilia approach began. Yeah, we all have our stories, right? <laughs> um, so actually, when I think way back, um, I, I remember that I first started to hear about the schools in Reggio from Leila Gandini, who um, was a graduate student at UMass, just leaving. Um, as I was just entering into the program. And um, she told us some stories about these schools. And uh, I remember my interest was piqued, but I was also um, otherwise engaged with trying to, uh, you know, go through the doctoral studies, uh, raise a family, work part-time, et cetera. But it, but it, it stayed with me. Um, several years later, 
Um, I remember going to a NACI conference in Washington, D.C., where I currently am. And Which I was pretty much there with you, I bet. I'm sure I was there, too, yes. <laughs> You're way too young. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, and again, I heard, um, heard some stories about, about their work and that there was this study tour being organized um, to go to Italy. Um, so the back, a back, back story is that as an undergraduate, um, I had spent a semester in Italy and thought, oh, this is an amazing opportunity for me to um, brush off my never very eloquent Italian um, and to go back to Italy and, and to see these incredible schools. So um, I did um, with uh, several other people from, from the university. And like everyone was, um, you know, blown away. Uh, the first um, visit there, like many people, it was the environments that just um, overwhelmed me. Uh, and so um, we, came, we came back to the university. We have had a, had a lab school there. Um, and so and shared what we had what we had seen um, with the teachers and with other faculty members um, and administrators. And a couple of years later, a larger uh, subgroup of us went back. But this time we went back with an eye towards um, these panels that the schools had displayed um, in these beautiful environments, right? We knew, um, you know, we knew that there was something there. We can't, we, we always had this perspective, the social constructivist perspective. And so we'd always thought about, you know, curriculum in quotes um, as being guided, driven by, um, invented by observation. Um, but they were doing something else here that felt deeper and richer, more public um, and, uh, and more articulate than anything that we had, had ever done. So we went back with a real um, study of the, uh, of the, of the panels, um, and that was, I think, in 93. And from that point on, continued to study the, the, um, the role of, of documentation um, in early childhood education. Um, yeah, so that, that was the beginning. That was I the think beginning. We went back many times after that. At some point, we finally managed to raise enough money to bring all of us, all of the teachers um, from the campus children's school and uh, several faculty went together to, to see it together and experience it together and began to um, really try to make sense of it within our, you know, what did it mean for within our own context. Right, that, that whenever you go and you go with sort of a, an intent in mind, you have to be thinking, what does this mean for us? And, and what is our identity around that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, there's, there's sort of the, 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 the lessons in small print and the, and the lessons in big, bold print. And the big, one of the big, bold printed lessons for us, I think, was that the, was that the study of, of documentation was really about us. It was a sort of a self-study. What are your values? What, who are you as a community? What's important to you? Um, what drives what you do? And how, 
what's, what's the relationship between what you say you think and what you actually do or what you say you value and what you actually do. And so, you know, the, for me, that's like the big story. Um, it allows maybe, maybe that leads to the question then, sort of the bigger question about documentation and, and, you know, maybe could you speak a little bit about the value of documentation in helping one figure out who you are and, and, and where you want to be and where you want to go. And, and maybe could you give us some example, um, you know, from the school um, that, that was, would be meaningful around this idea of documentation? So I'm gonna, I'll backtrack just a little. Um, for, for a number of years in our study of documentation, we thought about it as um, a noun. And um, it, it hung us up. I mean, I feel like everything that we did had about a three-year lifespan, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it hung us up, and we spent um, a lot of energy trying to understand basically the, the noun of documentation, what we saw as being the, the you know, the panels. Um, and those were, we learned important lessons about, about how one does that in the course of our work. But then we, at the same time, we were losing track of the actual act of documenting. Um, and so we, we realized that we needed to start thinking about documentation as, an, as a noun, and we needed to start thinking of it as a verb, um, which brought us back to who we were as social constructivists, right? Um, because we, we then were engaged in an, in an act of invention. Um, as opposed to an act of sort of production. Hmm. So in any case, that was another three years, um, and and, made, and and many 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 more after that. Um, in in the course of that reconceptualization of documentation, and and I hesitate to use that word as a noun. So I usually say documenting, right? The act of documenting. Wow. Um, we um, conceptualized it as, this, as a cycle, you know, to try to give it energy and to try to give it movement um, as, a, as a cycle of inquiry that, that allowed us to continually spiral in a very messy, nonlinear way um, through a process of figuring out what we, what we were trying to understand what we wanted to know, what our questions were, um, how in the world would we get the information that we needed from our work with the children to help us understand better? How would we then organize that information to give us some direction? Um, how would we make sense of it? What did it mean? You know, how do we interpret what we've seen and heard and, and been studying? And then, because we're teacher researchers, Right. What do we do? What do we do? Um, what do we do the next day, the next week, the next month? Or what do we do in the instant? So this idea that, that documenting happens um, to, to serve not only long-term investigations, but it serves to, to um, promote a daily life of, of, of engagement and exchange you know so in the moment when you see a child do something that's like whoa i've never seen that before wow. you you stop to think about it um and maybe you don't get to write it down until that night 
Um, but, but in the moment, you, you're going through that cycle of, whoa, what am I seeing? What does it mean? Can I document it right now? Uh, and then how, and then, ooh, should I do something? Should I not do something? <laughs> I love this because it gives such a freedom to people that I think sometimes are caught up in the myth that documentation has a rigidity around it and and is that noun that you're talking about sort of i need to produce something at the end and in some way but this is such a, a a dynamic way of thinking about it that really gives us so much freedom and and a push to be engaged in it all the time and yeah yeah really exciting yeah for me too sandy and, and and also i feel like it's the it's the world that children live in you know, it is how they enter into the world of, of uh, people and things. Um, and if we can develop that kind of openness to, to inquiry um, and um, sort of share that experience with them, then I think we have, we, we have then teaching becomes something yeah. extraordinary. For sure. Um, can, can you think of... Um, maybe an example or a story from the classroom, um, maybe about a teacher that kind of used documentation in that way or found a new way of documenting that really um, sort of moved a process along in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many. So many. One, one of, uh, one uh, experience that I, you know, we have our legacy, right, of experiences and those those moments that mm, pushed us pushed us in a direction, <laughs> forwards or backwards, but it just pushed us in a in a direction of thinking. Um, in, in our early days um, at the campus children's school, and and everything that I'm saying is so embedded in that little school's life. Um, so I want to make that clear. Um, we, we decided as a, as a staff that we would try to um, investigate something as a whole school. We were sort of, in fact, in our history, we were beginning to redefine ourselves as a whole school as opposed to an infant toddler program and a preschool, right? And there's a whole, there's a whole backstory to that. Right. Um, but, um, uh, we, we decided that this would be an occasion for us to try to um, further uh, integrate that relationship. And so we decided um, that we would look at children out, out, outdoors, um, which is interesting to me because this is like 30 years ago. And <laughs> you're interested before, before your time. <laughs> um, uh, and so everybody was going to go out, um, all the teachers and the infant, toddler, and preschool rooms were going to go out, and they were, they, and they were just, uh, air quotes, going to document what they record, uh, what, they, what they observed. And then we would bring those observations together and see whether we could find some, some threads that, that were common across experiences or unique experiences uh, to a particular group. Um, and there were, and and particularly in the younger rooms, the teachers were a little skeptical about how this was going to happen. Um, Do you remember why you chose going to the outdoors as this place to begin? Yeah, I am, but I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say it. Um, <laughs> 
One, um, we had already tried. <laughs> we had already tried. This is Vermont. It was fall. There, 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 there were leaves. <laughs> right. True. So, and so we had, we had already tried uh, uh, an experience of sort of looking at, the, at leaves together. And it, it, just, it didn't work. It was, hmm. um, it was too, too contained, I think, in retrospect. And it didn't really come from a place of inquiry or curiosity. <laughs> it really, we were really trying to just find something that, that we all had in common. Right. And then when we, we decided to expand that, and I'm not exactly sure how we got to that place, to, to, to being outdoors, um, that gave, it, gave us all a little bit more move, freedom. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so we all, so everyone did that. Um, and we all came together for a staff meeting. And this is one of those moments where, where one of the teachers said, um, we talked about how hard it was to document outdoors. This mm. is something I still believe is truly challenging. Yeah. Um, but we talked about, how, and particularly for the younger children, how difficult it was. Um, because you're, you're, work, you're having to be incredibly vigilant about what yeah. they're doing. Um, and uh, you're handling documentation tools. And in those days, they were pretty bulky. Um, and you need your hands a lot when you're with very young children, right? right. In any case, um, challenging stuff, still is. But one of the teachers said, you know, but really, um, it's, all about, it's all about their feet. And, wow. and, and remember, we all sat around the table wondering what that meant. Yeah. And um, he said, yeah, you know, I took, all of these, I took all of these images, I took all these pictures, but really, when I look at them, I wasn't capturing what they were doing because it was all about their feet. They were, they were, they, they kept on stepping on curbs, these are the toddlers, stepping up on curbs and jumping off of rocks and, um, and none of these, none of my, what I've documented doesn't reflect what the children were actually engaged in, which hmm. I love, right? Yeah. Um, and he went so beyond the surface of it all. Yeah, it was, it was, again, it was one of those, woo, wow, moments. And so we asked um, Dee Smith, a uh, dear colleague and friend of mine, who, who was um, um, one of the um, program coordinators, um, to go off on one of these walks with this little group of children and she would bring her camera and she would, she would be the one who documented the, their experiences outdoors, remembering what he had said um, about what the children were interested in. And also that was going to be her only responsibility. <clears throat> so she really could train her, her camera and her eye on their feet. And she was a fan. We are, all knew she was an amazing photographer. Anyways, well, she came back with just these phenomenal images of exactly that, of the children's feet exploring the campus in ways that none of us ever thought about campus before, you know? Um, we, when we would be walking through campus, we would be thinking about the buildings, we would be thinking about the crowds, we would be thinking about really where we were going and what we were about to do. Um, and we were not 
really consciously paying attention to to the experience of the of the outdoors of the campus in this case um, through, through children children have a way of showing us the world in in a way that we never saw it before yeah absolutely, absolutely. um so that was that was a moment where um all of those pieces of that cycle right came together and out of it came um, a new understanding of children's experiences that we all discovered. You know, it wasn't something we read about. Um, it wasn't something out, out, out there um, as research. Our research taught us this about young children. It's changed the way I watch children outdoors yeah. completely. And, it, and it, it does sort of change our role in being sort of the people who plan everything but and then just let it happen versus that researcher that is in it with the children in yeah. A way. yeah 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 and, and, and also think about how it changes who you are when you're in this case when you're outdoors with children instead of uh let's go let's go we got to get to the uh, wherever it is we yeah. think we need to be with the children whether um you know giving importance, giving value, giving meaning to those places where they get sort of hung up right on the way. So, so, so along with that, yeah, you know, develops this culture of we have a destination, but we know for sure, we know it's so unlikely that we'll get there. Um, And the time that, that really is such a value of giving the time to those moments is, and and where that priority lies is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Yeah, it was a, it was a that was an important experience. Wow. So so if you um, as you often do speak, if you were speaking to teachers now, and and hopefully you will be as they're hopefully going to be listening, and if teachers that really want to see themselves as researchers, what would you recommend as a as a place for them to begin that journey? How would yeah. that look different for them in, in their practice? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's, it's hard. The, the, you know, Carlina Rinaldi's or Carla Rinaldi's um, metaphor of listening, you know, listening, listening as one does with one's ears, but also listening, right? Listening with the, the true intent to, to understand what that other person is, is, trying to communicate or or experiencing not necessarily trying to communicate but experiencing um being able to i i I think it's just key to to um to our work to this kind of work it's truly committing yourself to to listening um to what children are saying what they're saying verbally but what they're saying with their bodies what they're saying with their facial expressions what they're saying with their eyes you know what they're saying with their body with their feet um and so having a just coming with that kind of openness um and and intense i and curiosity what 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 are children about? Who are children? And who is this child? Um, and, and what can I learn about this child if I truly pay attention? And it's 
it's like exhausting <laughs> and uh, and thrilling at the same time. So, so there's a, this just this sort of attitudinal shift that I think is easier for some people than for others. Um, but I, I think it is a kind it's a it's a deep seated attitudinal shift of of not. So not what I, what can I teach? What can I say? But what can I hear? Um, and um, how can I nurture, you know, nurture the experience in a way that, that um, allows the child to think, learn, feel more deeply and, and, and me too. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess I would say that generalizes, right? It, it generally, it's not just about being with children, but it really is about being with each other as colleagues, about, about being with each other as partners, um, um, partners that we live with, partnering with, you know, partners as, as families. So it, it's, it, it becomes um, uh, sort of uh, who, who being question, who, who am I? I, I was I was actually just gonna bounce off of that because I think it sounds just in in reading what you've written and 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 hearing you it sounds like so much of what you talk about are those uh, relationships between the the colleagues between the adults and and the kinds of dialogues that they have after being with the children or seeing something that that really are those pivotal moments that change how we then come back to the children. So I was wondering, like, can you talk about sort of that, um, that experience for you and how you realized, you know, and what that looks like when you're with a group of educators kind of analyzing, um, you know, what they've seen and, and how to know where to take uh, a process to next. Mm. First of all, I just want to say this does not feel um, uh, this is not a this is not a place that I feel like yeah <laughs> I got it <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm 73 years old and I don't have it yet it is um, which in a sense is like the the most amazing thing because that is the truth that we if that the people that are really um, embracing this approach are the people who don't mind living in that disequilibrium of not knowing, not feeling like they've got it. That's, I mean, in, in Reggio, the whole, you know, they're, they're always changing and, and transforming and, and thinking in new ways. So that's how we yeah. want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so there's some of that that I feel like, so, so I'll just talk about it from my own personal experiences. I don't mean it at all as anything like this is what one needs to do. Because I don't, I don't know that yet. Ever, yeah. But my own personal experience is that that at this conversation that we're having is sort of fundamental to those kinds of exchanges. So, one of the things we used to we used to say um, in in uh, our conversations is that, uh, and, and sometimes we would say it explicitly. Right now, I'm talking in pencil. Right. This means that I can I can erase it in in five minutes. Right. Um, because I don't know. Um, but I just want to try to articulate what I'm thinking, but it's intense. That is so helpful. It's a great strategy. Yes. 
So um, coming to a conversation with that kind of attitude, that this is a place where we, we allow each other to, you know, to think out loud, um, to, to change our minds, and, and to challenge each other's thinking um, that, that our, you know, our relationships are such that we can say, I really don't, I, I don't really see it that way. I see it this way. Yeah. Um, really the ways that we want the children to come to each other and, the, and, the, and all of us to be with each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're, they're, it doesn't feel all that different to me, you know, whether I'm in the company of children trying to figure something out, yeah. in the company of, of, of uh, my, you know, university students trying to figure something out or colleagues. It's, it feels very, very similar. That would be something to try to think more deeply about. Yeah. Um, and, and, a, and, a, and a curiosity. I really want to know what you think. Um, I really want to try to create a, a, a climate which allows us all to, to say what we think. And, you know, when you're working with, with adults, that's a little, that can be even a little trickier because we've grown up in different kinds of situations in which you're not supposed to you're not supposed to make mistakes um, or you're much you're, more frightening for us to, to feel vulnerable yeah. that way. Yeah. Not, yeah. And then think about it when it's, a, you know, at, at the level of, uh, of, of a university setting, <laughs> um, and then the stakes feel even higher. Um, so I would say all those things about um, working in a collegial um, environment and again that collegial environment isn't just I don't mean people who have basically had the same kind of education or the same amount of experience but we're all sitting here at the table we share a deep interest in young children and learning about young children and that make we are therefore colleagues and everything each of us has to say is important um, and trying to establish that kind of um, rapport um, I think is um, important um, and uh, can can lead to a place of invention and discovery Amazing. or not <laughs> um, so maybe um, I, I know that this topic is is near and dear to your heart right now. Um, you know, as part of this Rivet 2.0 project that you all are, are working on where you are collaborating, thinking about all research related to children and trees I, and, and their relationships. I think um, this would be a great place to sort of um, share with us how this came about, talk a little bit about the questions that you're thinking about because I think developing questions to then come back to look at um, what we've seen children doing is a really important place for teachers to be spending time to be analyzing what we've seen and then coming up with these kinds of questions um, and and you know just share with us it's I know it's it's something that you're really excited about yeah, I, yeah. Um, so 
let me see, where do I want to begin with this? In the, um, in the early 2000, 2000s, <laughs> 2001 to somewhere in there, <clears throat> um, a group of us decide, from Vermont, a group of educators, many of whom had been to Regios, some of whom who hadn't, but, but we decided to form a, and I don't think we, we called it that then, we, we really just wanted to get together and, and share some of the experiences that we were having with children and some of our thinking and, and to have a, a place um, to do that. Um, ultimately, we, we began to think of it as being a, a, a teacher research uh, uh, collaborative. <clears throat> so we um, came together about every couple of months um, at, at the university and people came with scraps of paper, you know, with little notes on them and, and, and video clips and, and children's drawings. And we, we, we just practiced studying them together. Um, and we practiced talking about them. <clears throat> and, and we had some pretty nice arguments along the way, good arguments along the way. And finally, we, finally, and by that I mean maybe into a year of it, um, or, or yeah, I'll say a year, um, we decided that we wanted a little bit, a little bit of a focus. And so we agreed that we would begin to look at these observations with the question of were there some, were there some common themes that were popping up across all of these different contexts um, in Vermont. And out of that, out of that um, experience, we um, uh, decided, we got to a place, to that really lovely place when you're doing research together, which is, you know what, we've got something that we want to say now. We feel like, yeah, actually we have found some in interesting things that have cut across our contexts. Um, and let's, um, let's, let's see if we can um, be articulate about that. And so we put together a very small little, well, we put together a small exhibit, which um, we um, displayed at our city hall in Burlington. It went to several communities in Vermont. I mean, it was, it was a small um, uh, outcome, that's uh, not quite the right word, but it took a huge amount, in any case, it took a huge amount of energy, intellectual, physical, all kinds of energy of pulling this together. And we, and we had a, you know, we had a conference to celebrate the, uh, its, its culmination. And then we exhausted ourselves. <laughs> and um, we, we didn't formally disband, but we did stop meeting together. But we all saw each other in many other different kinds of contexts. So we stayed connected. Okay, so fast forward about 15 years, and um, I, for some reason, um, decided to read um, Wal Aben's book, um, The Hidden Life of Trees, and ha had that incredible heart flutter experience of meaning, you know, that, oh my goodness, this um, is telling me something you know, and, and, and botanists have known this information for a number of years now, but me, not so much. But there is a way of, there, there is a way of thinking about trees, which had not entered into my 
um, thinking about children's experiences in the natural world. Um, and what about that? So Wallaben says, you know, Wallaben writes and shares so much of, so much research about children as essentially social beings um, in that they um, communicate through various means with each other about impending threats, they take care of each other. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, he purposefully humanizes them uh, because that makes sense to us humans. But it, and it creates, a, it creates a, um, an identity for trees that many of us, I think, had never ascribed to them before. In any case, something I that mean, often children do very naturally that we as adults yeah. sort of let that part of ourselves go. Yeah. Yeah. Where we either are taught out of it or we, whatever, however that happens. But absolutely, uh, as in reading, while reading this book, I thought of the multiple uh, um, observations we had collected over all of these years of children in the company of trees. And recollected that in those observations, I hadn't thought about the tree at all. I, my observations were directed toward the child. Good for me, I was paying attention to the child. Um, not so good that I forgot that there was a, a fellow protagonist in this encounter, right? I'm gonna backtrack for just a minute, Sandy. My students taught me this lesson, oh, some years ago, um, in some research that they were doing, um, looking at thinking about um, toddlers in the winter in Vermont. And out of, out of their work, we came to this understanding of, oh, we have to pay attention to the wind. We have to pay attention to um, the temperature. We have to pay attention um, to, the, to the quality of the snow that they're walking on. We have to pay attention to the ice. and they taught us so much about the fact that the, the environment that they were encountering was a real protagonist in the, the kind of experience that they had, right? Um, it took me this amount of, amount of time and um, Wallaben's book to realize, oh, that's the kind of attention I need to be paying to the trees, right? Wait a minute. The children are hugging the trees in multiple um, images that we have which it, we find so endearing, but, but what about the tree? What's the tree contributing to that encounter? You know, is it the tree's um, uh, uh, bark? Is it the smell of the, of the bark of the tree? Has it something to do with the, the width of the tree trunk? Exactly, is it, is it actually the, you know, the, 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 the branches are moving overhead and the child is interested, you know, is experiencing the feel of the trunk? So many questions, so many questions that I had never, ever, ever asked before. So I went back to my rivet friends and said, we, can, can we, can, will you come, can you come talk to me? Can we just meet? So on a very, very, very cold February morning in Vermont, we met, we reconvened, and I blundered my way through my thinking about this um, and shared some of the observations that we had collected over these many, many, many years, including rivet observations from 15 years ago, and what Wall Aitman was saying about trees. Um, and would they, would they think about this with me? And they said, yes. 
And so from that point on, we began to meet every couple of months, every two or three months, um, to again, share observations with each other, to do some reading together, um, to think about our own personal experiences in the company of trees. You know, our, our stories were illuminating, right? Our, the, own, the experiences that we had um, served to help us think about the, the, the nature of the children's experiences. We tried to figure out really what were we asking, what were we wanting to know, um, and that still is hard for me to articulate. Uh, you know, we, but we, we knew we wanted to know more about what the, what the tree was bringing to the encounter. You know, who, who was the tree as the protagonist in this relationship? And then what, and in those terms, what was the child responding to? Um, and how, what was that, what was that relationship like we we continue to to ask the question of how and, and I'm still here what kinds of media um, should we be offering children to help them express the experience that they're having um, in these encounters and are some given the nature of the experience are there is there some medium that's more sensitive to the child's questions or emotions or theories than other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so since then, we, we've been meeting. Um, I will speak with uh, any group of people who are interested in this, this, these questions to give me the opportunity to, to, make, to make more sense of it. Um, and uh, recently, as, a, as you know, we, uh, in Innovations, we um, put out an invitation to all the readers of uh, Innovations. And now I'd like to put that invitation out to all of the listeners of this podcast uh, to consider sharing their observations of uh, in the children in the company of trees or their, own, or their own personal narratives, their own personal stories. Um, one, someone from China responded and, um, to, this, to this question and sent us the, what felt like the, the, um, a, a deeply, deeply held story um, about her relationship with uh, trees or her, the lack of her relationship with trees and, and, and the natural world through most of her childhood um, and how that, ev how that has changed and evolved. Um, so, um, yeah, I am wildly excited about this, um, this area of research because it both opens the, opens the door for me to new ways to think about children, um, and, and, but also opens this realm of, of, uh, of information about, you know, about trees. So now I have to read all these books about trees and I, not so much because I want to be able to identify them or it's not about that. I, I, I just, um, in, in the course of this work that I'm doing, I am learning more about trees, but I'm trying to be very careful to, to think about trees in this holistic way and to what it means to share this planet with trees and be in that reciprocal kind of place. 
with yeah them. exactly and, and and so i've been fighting for a couple of years the the sort of knee jerk need to impose our kinds of systems of identification on trees you know that what we humans have done in order to to categorize and uh, and help us understand them right for sure but on the other hand it also limits what we actually see and think and and feel so it's it's a it's it's lovely it's it's quite fun um and i know that there are going to be people that are going to be sharing with you and and when we're done, I have something to share with you. I'm really excited, but uh, um, a project to share. But um, I, I just have to say, I really can't thank you enough for today and, and giving us your time. And, and, and I'm just so honored that you would speak to us, um, truly. I, I feel so inspired and and excited to go back into research and it doesn't you don't even have to be in a classroom to be doing research as you're showing us which is which is amazing but one thing that you've definitely pointed out is you really need someone even one other person that you could be in relationship with talking about this and and so wherever you are reach out to somebody and, and do that. And I want to thank the listeners for being uh, with us today and, and hopefully joining us next time to, to hear another wonderful, brilliant expert uh, about this approach. And, and um, thank you again so much. Uh, the honor was mine. Um, and thank you. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.